This is the gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak, and he taught him, taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, righteousness, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of justice and righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, because your reward is great in heaven, because in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is an important time of year for my wife, Sarah. Her dad died of cancer, multiple myeloma. Would have been 18 years ago now. He uh, was doing very well, and then suddenly some problem came up with his kidneys, and that suddenly turned what looked promising into a slow march towards his own death. It was on Halloween, maybe the day before Halloween, when he came home from the hospital to be in hospice at home with his friends and family. And so Sarah has very powerful memories of how they prepared to receive trick-or-treaters. It was an important holiday for her dad, something they always had fun doing together. And that year they gave out the big candy bars. And so these days, this week or so from Halloween until the day he died, the anniversary of the day he died, are, are days full of remembrance. You know, it's been 18 years and Sarah describes how those years have changed in, in the, the anniversary and what it's felt like. I mean, there's no way in which grieving and mourning is a straight line. Anyone who says that it's over, it's done, get over it, that's not the way it goes. It is like 
the tides or the ocean waves. Uh, it recedes and then rushes back and recedes again and rushes back. And are always around these anniversaries, holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, when those moments of grief are close to us. Sarah said in those first couple of years, those first anniversaries, second, third, she wasn't even aware of it on a, on a like, knowing level. It would always come a couple of days later when she realized, oh, why I have been so crabby and foggy and down when she would remember, oh, yeah, it's that time of year again. And then in the next few anniversaries after that, there became more of an intention of how she marked the time. Going out for a banana cream pie with her mom, because that was her dad's favorite kind of pie. Or, or having a root beer float, because her dad loved those. Or visiting the important places going to his grave or simply having a quiet moment taking the afternoon off of work. She needed these little markers and rituals and those developed in the years, those kind of middle years. Because always with the new wave of the grief became new pain. Just because she felt it last year and just because she felt it in the the days and weeks after he died didn't mean that she, there was something wrong with her. It was just very naturally the way that the waves of grief came in and receded. But it's also not like she was condemned forever to feel these feelings because in the next kind of round of anniversaries, that's when she felt the pain, the sharpness of that pain lessen. The sharp pain, the kind of pain that she just wanted to push away and not feel at all. That pain became more of a, a dull pain, an ache, a longing. And then the pain began to shift as well and to include joy. A sweetness, maybe, would be a better way to say it. Remembering the good times. Remembering the great gift that he was and still gives, even in his death. So it's almost like a, it's not just circular. There's a way in which there's a spiral. You know, there's movement even in the circularness a movement upward, a movement downward. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. And Jesus is talking about oppressive circumstances here. And there is a way in which grief oppresses. It doesn't matter why there's grief, but there's an oppressiveness to it. The pain and the suffering, the fog, the numbness, the anger, the sadness, it's all part of it. 
I think what these Beatitudes are encouraging us is to include all of that experience, all of those feelings, all of the reality. Because only by including it is there any way to transcend it. Blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is talking about the future when he says theirs is. He's talking in the present tense but talking about the future because he's so confident that this will be, this reversal will happen. Blessed are those who, who mourn because they will be comforted. There he talks in the future. You know, I've spent a lot of time with families during and after times of grief, and it always breaks my heart a little bit when I hear a family member, sometimes it's a, a daughter or son talking to a mom or a dad who's just lost their spouse, their partner. Oh, mom, don't cry. No, just think of the good times. That kind of advice is out of place, I think, because there has to be an including and an embracing. There's a way in which we can't just skip over, somehow fly over all of the hardness of grief. But Jesus always invites us deeper. You know, because waves like water, Jesus always finds the lowest place. And Jesus is talking about, in these blessings, all of the people in the lowest places. Not that he would skip by them or scold them for mourning or for being poor in spirit. There's none of that at all. Just blessing. people are telling you that, it means that they are uncomfortable with those feelings in themselves. So they try to stop you from feeling them in the same way that they stop feeling it in themselves. Include, transcend. You know, there's another way which Jesus he says, poor in spirit, those who mourn, there's this sense of oppression. And not simply the oppression of grief, but also economic oppression, spiritual oppression. Let's think about how much more complicated grief is when the family comes to these times of funerals and grieving and they can't afford casket or a burial or all of the things that come along with it. How much more complicated is that grieving when the person who died was the breadwinner? When it's not just a loss of this loved one, but also a loss of financial stability, fear of the future. I mean, how much more in these times, in these COVID times? I mean, our Ardina, whose husband Edward died of COVID, she was not able to see him before he died. There were doctors and nurses nearby, but 
That was her biggest fear, is that he would know how much they loved him even though they weren't there. That's another layer of complication. And then there are those who are angry. Their loved ones dying, feeling that there's a needlessness to it, a feeling like we as a nation and we as our states have not done enough. Or think of the family of George Floyd, the complications of the circumstances of his death and feeling that needlessness. The oppression, being poor in spirit of those who mourn. And then there's the additional, like, spiritual oppression. I mean, those who are, who are raised believing that God is punishing and God is excluding Think how complicated grief is when you're afraid that your loved one who has just died has been annihilated because God has refused to receive them. Or that God is torturing them because what they have done in their lives or that they didn't say the magic words, Jesus, I accept you into my heart. That's another layer of complication and grief. Blessed are you, Jesus says. Blessed and blessing. Because Jesus has come to to reverse all of those oppressions, the oppression of grief in itself and the economic oppressions and the spiritual oppressions, all of them washed away in the blessing of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. The blessing for all of us that we will not be excluded but included. That all of us together in Jesus will transcend these painful realities that we've known in this life. That we grieve day in and day out and year in and year out. That we may not have the words to express that we don't have the understanding, the hopelessness, all of that blessed. It no longer can separate us from God. It's no longer a sign that there's something wrong with us. Instead of it's a sign that points us in the direction of the cross, that Christ has come to this lowest of places with us, the poverty of spirit, the mourning, the oppression, known death itself, and promises to raise us up, all of us. Not to punish us, but in the restoring of justice and in the restoring of righteousness, to heal to heal both the the one who was offended and the offender. And there's another part in Scripture which we did not hear today where Paul talks about, do not grieve as those without hope. And we poor Christians sometimes have absorbed that teaching as do not grieve, full stop. 
That's not what he said. Do not grieve as those who have no hope. That is, simply remember the cross. If nothing else, sometimes we can't even get beyond the cross to to feel any sense of resurrection or hope, and that's okay. If all we can do is come to the cross and be there and trust that Jesus is also there, that is enough. That is the little crack in the wall that lets the light in. Today and every week we celebrate the resurrection. The promise that, you know, as these candles burn and as they burn out, the flame of those we love goes on. Held in the great flame of Christ, the light that shines, which the darkness has not overcome. Believing in the the communion of the saints that we share even as we receive communion, that we are communing with God, yes, and with all those we have lost. And the promise of the forgiveness of sins. We celebrate them as best we can, all the time, and especially today. These are gifts for you. Blessed are you. And blessed are so many, many more. All the world. Thanks be to God.